When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. But the seventh inning was a very, very encouraging inning. And look, I think we're all relieved. The season is not over yet. The Mets won a baseball game. Uh, does this mean the offense will break out? Like, was that seventh inning? And you can combine that with the Alonzo home run in the fifth and the Lindor home run early. But was all of that enough for this offense to relax and break out? It's not going to be easy. Joe Musgrove's a tough customer. And what scares me about Joe Musgrove, and this has nothing to do with pitching. Well, I'll start with the pitching thing. Uh, he's pitched really well over the last month. I mean, all these guys have. Blake Snell, obviously you, Darvish. But I think with Musgrove, he's given up one run in his last, like, 20 innings, something of that nature. So, A, he's good. I mean, it's just he is. But here's what scares me about this guy. He's Mr. San Diego. He's, if I'm not mistaken, from San Diego. He pitched the first no-hitter in the history of the franchise, which was made even more special because he's Mr. San Diego. And now here he is trying to lead San Diego into the divisional series against their arch rivals, those evil bastards from L.A. Scares me. And that's why... If you ask me right now, how do you feel? I'm relieved. I'm relieved they won. Am I confident going into game three? No. And I apologize. Because I know there are people that want the pom-poms and the positivity. There are moments where I may be positive. Like maybe if the Mets play the Dodgers in the divisional series, I'll surprise you. And I'll say, you know what? (laughs) I feel good. I don't feel good right now. Do you feel good, Hoff? Did, Did this win all of a sudden change everything for you? No, because I saw how Scherzer got lit up in game one, and that concerns me because DeGrom battled through today. He was careful. He His fastball was a – he realized that they could hit he the fastball, and then all of a sudden yeah. you, you notice the pitch yeah. change. No, he stopped. Uh, Bassett, I think, could be crafty, but still I, I am concerned that he's the one team – well, there's been a couple teams that he had tr- troubles with San Diego was one of them, if I'm correct. So it it does concern me a little bit. But, again, it's about the offense. Because, like I said, it, it, Scherzer, game one, could give up seven home runs. If you score one run, you're not winning the game. Yes. So so the bats need to come alive, and Musgrove, Musgrove is really good. So I, I am a little nervous about that. The Padres had to use, not Josh Hader, who we haven't seen in this series, but you, know, you basically eliminate a bunch of guys from being available tomorrow. Nick Martinez... I don't know about as much Pierce Johnson, Stephen Wilson, but Marjan, who didn't pitch well. Uh, the Met bullpen situation is going to be weird, too, because Diaz and Adovino are going to be available. But how effective will they be considering how much they threw in this game? Which, 
I have no regrets about you can't worry about that tonight or in game two if you're Buck because you got to get to tomorrow. You got to get to game three. But you are talking about a Diaz and Adovino who threw a lot of pitches. And I, I don't know what to expect from Chris Bassett anymore. Chris had two really, really rough starts down the stretch of this season. The game against the Chicago Cubs, which set the tone for that series, and obviously the finale against Atlanta. And I didn't love his comments on Saturday where he said, you know, New York's crazy, and I'm paraphrasing here. You lose a couple of games and people think the world is ending. Chris, 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 Chris. Think about the games you lost. Think about think about that. You lost all three games to the Atlanta Braves, which cost you the National League East. And then you lost the first game of a best of three. I mean, yeah, a couple of games can cost you. And the passion of New York, which I think a lot of athletes love, you got to take the good with the bad. The passion that Met fans have, the loudness that you heard at City Field over the last two days, it's great and you love it. But what comes with that is the negative stuff, which is we're annoyed when you suck. I didn't get to hear the Cardinals game. I watched it. So I saw it like on my phone and I had it on an iPad and then my iPad dropped and it shattered, which was not a good experience at City Field today. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'll tell you this real quick. So I'll set my iPad up sometimes during the regular season to have a Yankee game on because I need to watch it. Obviously, we, we do a sports talk radio show. So before the Met game, I had the Blue Jay game on. And that play, that um, little blooper where Bichette and was it Springer ran Springer. into each other? Yeah, bad, yeah. We were watching that play. And by we, I mean me and everyone in the section because everybody needs to see this play. And right after the collision, I had a collision. My tablet gets blown over by the wind, goes face down on the cement. And when I pick it up, not good. Not a good scene. Oh, no. And so it's my fault. I shouldn't have had my tablet up there, even though I've had my tablet up there for years. I mean, that's basically where I put it. Bad job by me. I should have had a screen protector, but whatever. Um, I don't know why I told this story. Was there context to this? Well, it's because it shattered like a was – it, was, it, was there shards of glass everywhere? No, it wasn't like that. It was where you can see the iPad is just cracked. Like, it oh. wasn't shattered in terms of glass everywhere. It was just – it was a little bit of a mess. Oh, here's what I was going to say about us as fans. Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado cropped the bet. They did. They did nothing in that two-game sweep at the hands of the Philadelphia Phillies. Goldschmidt came up in a big spot, struck out. I mean, they were awful. Like, should we give them standing ovations? Did the Cardinal fans give them standing ovations? Did the Cardinal fans say, but Goldie, you won the MVP. We love you. Or did they say, hey, listen. You make a ton of money, you piece of crap. Did they say that to Nolan Arenado? I don't know what they did in St. Louis, but I know what we would do here, which is we would be pissed. It's why Max Scherzer was booed the other night. Like, we want to cheer Max Scherzer. And did Max Scherzer, when he pitched, have a really good regular season? Yeah, he had the lowest ERA of his career. He did. It's crazy. But he crapped the bed in the playoff game. So fans are angry. So if you want just love all the time, I would advise Chris Bassett, at, when I say this with respect, go to St. Louis. I don't know what to tell you. This is New York, where I think the extreme good comes with the extreme bad. 
Now, does that comment mean anything about how he's going to perform on Sunday night? Not necessarily. I just didn't like the comment. And let me address one other comment. Jacob DeGrom was asked, was there any moment you thought this could be your final game at City Field as a Met? And he smiled and he paused and he said, yeah, the thought went through my mind. We cannot read into everything he or anyone says about free agency. We just can't. We can't do it with Aaron Judge. We can't do it with Jacob DeGrom. We can't do it with Brandon Nimmo. Because I think most of the time it's pretty simple. If the Mets offer him the most money, he'll stay. I know there's this little thought of he doesn't want to be here anymore. He wants to go here. He wants to go there. Maybe. Look, there are exceptions to every rule. John Olerud, who is beloved here, took less money to leave because he wanted to be near his family in the state of Washington. So it can happen, and it may happen. But let's not drive ourselves nuts here. And hopefully this isn't an issue for a month. I don't want to talk about the offseason. I don't want to discuss contracts. We will. We'll do big, giant podcasts all about freaking contracts. But not yet. Maybe soon. Maybe in a couple days. But not yet. Jacob DeGrom pitched well tonight. Was it everything Beningo may have wanted? Probably not. He would have squeezed out that extra inning, and I understand that. I totally get that. But he was good enough. And here's the other thing about Jacob DeGrom, and this is why you really should be careful when you say, get out of here, go to Atlanta. Let's take a look at the last few starts from New York Met pitchers. Let's think about them. Let's think about all of them. Jacob DeGrom's gone out and thrown six innings. Most of guys haven't. Max Scherzer hasn't. Chris Bassett hasn't. I'm not going to pick on Walker and Carrasco because those games were kind of managed differently. But DeGrom has gone out and has been their best starter. As he, and I think he's a victim of his own success because we want domination. We want seven scoreless innings. We all do. I do too. And DeGrom did not dominate in game two. But he was good enough. And I hope... He gets another chance to start a postseason game, game three of the divisional series against the Dodgers. But for that to happen, the New York Mets have to beat Joe Musgrove and the San Diego Padres. Uh, One quick thing. Darren Ruff got on base twice, but yes, we were all pissed off that Darren Ruff was in this lineup. It's a non-issue against Musgrove because he's not going to play against Joe Musgrove. Daniel Vogelback does not have good numbers against Joe Musgrove, but I don't think that matters. He's going to play. He's one for nine with five strikeouts. Uh, The only thing that jumps out at me looking at career numbers against Musgrove is that Lindor really does well against him. Now, what does that mean? Here's how little it means. Lindor sucked against Blake Snell. And so I tell my dad that in the first inning. I said, listen, dad, Lindor can't hit Blake Snell. And he looks at me and says, I bet you it's a home run. And he does. 3-1, boom, home run. So sometimes these numbers, I, I tell you not because I think it necessarily means anything. I think it's good to know sometimes. It's just good to have the information. And then you can do whatever the hell you want with it. You could say it doesn't mean anything. Or you could say, oh, that's interesting. So Lindor is 6 for 17 with two doubles and two home runs against Musgrove. Uh there's really nothing else that jumps out of me with these career numbers. Alonzo's three for eight with a home run. That's not bad. But I think we know what the lineup is. I think we have an idea. It's the left-handed lineup against Musgrove. And we'll see what happens.
Uh, where's my confidence level? It ain't high. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize if you were looking for some super high confidence. Is it at least 50-50? Is it like, you know, split down the middle? Because I'm I'm there. I, I, I'm half confident. I'm like, yeah, it's a coin toss. Probably in that range. Maybe it's a little bit leaning towards the loss. I think I'm nervous about Bassett. I think that's really where it comes from now, thinking about it. You know, how good is Chris Bassett going to be? How well will this, like, where does Buck go out of the pen? I do think one big thing that happened, and I'd be remiss not to mention it, is that Joely Rodriguez is off the roster and Taiwan Walker is on it. And I think that's a huge deal because if Bassett struggles, this is an elimination game. And Chris Bassett's not Jacob DeGrom or Max Scherzer. You're going to give DeGrom and Scherzer a lot more time to work out of their troubles. You just are. I think there could be a quick hook on Bassett. A very quick hook. And the way I would predict it is that if he's in trouble in an inning, it wouldn't be Walker immediately. It would probably be a Michael Givens or a Drew Smith. And then for a clean inning, you'd see Taiwan Walker maybe pitch four or five innings. Like, I think that's on the table. So I, I don't know if Joely Rodriguez has a real injury. He probably does. But I think the Mets may have said, hey, you know, Scherzer got knocked out early. Let's, let's make sure we have another arm in this bullpen who could go deep. Because I, I didn't love the fact that Walker and Carrasco weren't on the roster. We made that clear. We talked about it. I didn't love it. Or did I make it clear? I don't think I did. I don't think we did a podcast. I may have said that on the air. No, we, we said it on the we, we said it on the air. But we we talked about broke it down how it's like we have to have one of those two on yeah. there just to get the because you couldn't have Trevor Williams. So one of them is necessary. And I, they didn't do it. And look, no. they, they they fixed it now. So okay, great. Taiwan Walker's there. Joely Rodriguez isn't. But I think Ty could be a huge factor in game three. I really do. I think it'd be a huge, huge factor because in these games, you don't have patience. It's With Scherzer and DeGrom, you're going to have patience because they're all timers. So, of course, you're going to let them work out of trouble. Chris Bassett puts the first three guys on base. You're going to get warm-up action in the bullpen. It's an elimination game. I, I think it's just the way it is. So, I think Taiwan Walker could be a huge factor. And look, he's going to use Edwin Diaz aggressively. I don't care how many pitches he threw in game two. Same thing with Adam Adovino. Lugo's pitched back-to-back days. We haven't seen much of Drew Smith. David Peterson looked pretty good in game one. So all hands on deck. That's the way it is for a game three. And we'll see what happens. And it's the only game three because the other series all went bing, 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 and bing, bing. So, oh, man, I'm exhausted. I apologize. I think we've done enough, okay? We'll give you another Rico Bronia after this series. Hopefully, it'll be a celebration. Hopefully, we'll recap a Game 3 victory. But there's a chance it'll be a very depressing Rico Bronia. We'll have that posted uh, a few hours after the game ends because I'll be at City Field on Sunday night, 7.07 first pitch, LFGM. And thank you for listening to Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.